Hello, hello. Welcome to Luxury Mike. Luxury Mike is a space built for luxury thought leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs who are also culture creators and believe in the power of creativity and its influence in the luxury industry and want to give it back in flowers through sharing their journey in their careers and trying sight on cultural trends. For those who did not get a chance to catch on our first episode, first of all, please do so. Uh, my name is Ingrid B. I am a Parisian-born, Caribbean-rooted, living in America and passionate about all things luxury and culture. I really wanted to bring you with me on the quest to learn more about the luxury world, but from our perspective. So take a seat, grab your favorite snack, a blanket, lit up your candles, and enjoy this conversation. Welcome to Luxury Mike, where we talk about everything luxury and culture. Today we are welcoming Tabria. Tabria Lenard is a US-born UK resident investing in building the future of luxury. Vitales through the lenses of culture, community, commerce and connections. She graduated with an MBA from the London Business School where she shined for an implication at the intersection of diversity and luxury. Lutavria, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm well. Happy to be here. <laughs> Great. Um, it's such a pleasure to have you today. Uh, we really want to go deep into your career, understand where you're coming from and how you can help the audience today. So for the ones who are not well versed in luxury, fashion or e-commerce language, can you explain your current role as if we were all a child and we just want to understand what's going on with you? Yeah. So I like to think of myself as wearing many hats, but in the current role, my main role, <laughs> I work for Reformation. My role is in international strategy and operations. And essentially what I do is just help the brand to grow their revenue in new markets, the new market being Europe. So the brand is originally from the US and uh -huh. um, the UK, Europe is a large larger market for us and it's decided for growth a growth opportunity so yeah i'm helping them grow in a new market that's great what are the steps that help you achieve that wonderful job that you have right now yes so it's been a, a long time in the making i started my career luckily for me um, i started out doing exactly what i wanted to do so i knew that i wanted to work in corporate retail once i left undergrad and so i started out in buying as a buyer for a department store in the u.s bloomingdale's and what that meant is at an early age early on i was handed like a multi-million dollar business and, and, and was enabled to grow it right wasn't able to bring the product in put the product in the right stores build relationships with my vendors so that i was doing it in a profitable way for the company that gave me a lot of access to the business side of fashion of retail and it was really really just like good exposure i think eventually i realized that i no longer wanted to be in buying and wanted to explore retail luxury fashion from a more global and strategic perspective And that's when I decided to get my MBA and make the move to London. I think, you know, a lot of people will say about the MBA, some people go and they're really excited about the academics and the opportunity to engage. But for me, 
it was really all about that global network, making connections with like people such as you who are in um, other business schools um, and just like really excited and really passionate about retail and luxury. You know, by far it's that network that I've been able to grow and build over the years that really helped to accelerate and get me to where I am today. I literally got my job today because I was in a WhatsApp group and someone said, Reformation is hiring for this. Is anyone interested? <laughs> and I said, me. So yeah, I think it's a combination of uh, really being in this industry, being knowledgeable, being passionate about it, building up along the way, but also searching for the opportunities to expand and to grow. That is true. That is very important. Network is key. And I, I'm sure I'll, I'll add in a question when it comes to MBA because all my guests so far have graduated from an MBA. And it's true that it's very important to actually mention how life-changing it can be in terms of networking and opportunities. And I think that kind of will align with the question that I have for you. What brought you to uh, knowing from the get-go that that was your passion, that you wanted to work in retail at the intersection with e-commerce and fashion? What really brought you to it? Yeah, so when I was young, I knew two things about myself. I knew that I was creative and I knew that I was analytical. I knew I was good with numbers, let's say. But I didn't necessarily know that meant a career in fashion. What I thought it meant was a career in business and I could either study marketing or finance. And that's exactly what I did in my undergraduate degree. I majored in the two things. It wasn't until I literally stumbled upon a opportunity that I realized that for me, the luxury fashion retail, it enabled me to be both creative and analytical. I think some people don't really understand the whole business side of luxury, of fashion, of retail, and it's a business like no other. So it requires that people you know, can come in, can analyze data and information and make strategic decisions as a result of it. But on the other side of it, when you're connected to product, when things that, things that are supposed to elicit emotions um, and invoke reactions, it does help to be a bit creative and to understand, like it's really the art and science of it all. And so for me, retail, fashion, luxury was combining who I exactly who I am and saying, no, I don't have to be one thing or the other. I don't have to just be creative or I don't have to just be analytical because quite honestly, I found it quite boring when I worked just in finance, in finance positions. But yeah, it was it was like the understanding that I could do this, like it, I could bring my whole self into work into the projects that I'm working on, and that was exciting. So I think having that first moment of self awareness and realizing what I'm good at, what I'm passionate about, um, and then how to make money from it. <laughs> Honestly, I love what you said about bringing your all authentic self to your job. I feel like you've really found your passion. So happy to see it and I hope that you inspire others in the audience to also pursue what they really want to pursue because it's amazing to see you shine at what you're doing. And speaking of shining, I know that we are Black women. We have to talk about this in all the rooms that we go, whether it's in retail, fashion, e-commerce, even at your MBA in the US and in Europe, that's all that you bring. And I'm, I know we have this special process, this special recipe when we work. What would be yours being a Black woman working in all those different intersections, I would say? Yeah, what's interesting is 
people are starting to wake up to the fact that you can bring your authentic self to work. And my authentic self is very much so a mixture of things. And so I grew up in New York. I'm from a Caribbean household. My mom's from the Caribbean. My dad is African-American. And so I have both the perspective of being an immigrant in the U.S. and and seeing like the American dream be realized and actualized. But then also on the other end, I have my African-American side, which, you know, my dad is from Brooklyn and he's very street savvy. And so it's just, I, I have the combination of, you know, the working hard, the grind to get where you need to go as an immigrant, but then also the kind of the other side of the piece. And knowing that it's opened me up to being very just like diverse and open in mindset and understanding where people come from. I've been able to see black culture represented in a multitude of ways as a result of how I grew up. And I find so much beauty in it. I'm inspired by it. It's like, I mean, I'm the, I grew up watching BET for those who don't know, that's black entertainment television. Like I just grew up around different types of black people. It's a community that I was built on and grew up on. And so, yeah, I think when I think about black culture, I think about music, I think about fashion, especially growing up in the nineties in New York, like it's just, it was such a moment in time. And so much of that is within me. And then that's everything that I bring to everywhere that I go, especially like being a black woman in Europe. I think that perspective is quite different than what black Europeans grow up with. So yeah, just to, just to have that and to bring it with me and to know that I'm unique and I bring something very distinct to the table. And I think, you know, sometimes we can meet other people and we sometimes feel a bit insecure, a bit shy about what we what we have to offer versus what other people have to offer. But there's something that's super unique about all of us. And I think once you're able to tap into it, find the beauty within it and then articulate it in a way that is just authentic to you. No one else can do that. No one else can be you. And yeah, bringing that into those rooms. I don't even remember the question that you asked me at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but you're inserting it. I love it. I love it. That's what it is. I think it's like finding like the things that make you unique, things that make you special and then forming some type of point of view around it and then bringing it with you unapologetically at all times. People pay attention to things like that oh yes and i feel like like you said you are really the epitome of both culture whether it's us and europe and the same time caribbean and african-american this very special recipe that you have and how you talk about culture it's very powerful and i love to see it honestly so <laughs> i see it honestly it's resonating yes. Right now. <laughs> no, no, I don't know if we'll get into it later, but like even with the MBA going through the process of what your goals are, your vision is and who you are, it comes with a sort of, if you do it well, you're doing a lot of self-reflection in the process yeah. and it starts to uncover so many things about you and you're like, oh wow, these are all of the pieces of myself that have brought me to this point now and also like planted in me the vision for where I want to go. And mm -hmm. so I think even going through the MBA, preparing to go through the MBA really helped bring that out of me too. Like things that I knew about myself, but when you put it together and you position it in this way, it's like, oh, I'm kind of special. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like this special recipe. Let's talk about it. To be honest, I feel like it's due for a special episode of Black Women in Luxury who did an MBA because the community is like this. <laughs> 
<laughs> but honestly i feel like we have so many common experiences you know what it's actually a bigger community than we would think but uh yeah we have such a special experience to be honest when it comes to like the whole dot that we have the old experiences but also i feel like all of us we evolved so much through that and we are all doing amazing and you are also a great example of that and i love that for us so it is due for sure and i think we'll keep it for a special episode because i feel like there's so much to say when it comes to that and i would love for you to be on this episode if you're open to it but yeah there is so much to say about it yeah i had a question uh, when it comes to personify your really special unique recipe into a luxury brand if you had to choose one that would represent you uh, if you can otherwise you can pick and uh, and choose from other brands but yeah you know what like the way i describe myself is like a mix of different things like one yes. day i'm very minimal and mm -hmm. like silent but strong so mm -hmm. i think about when i think about something like that i think about the row right like very understated but like you know like those who know know and that can very much so be me and then at other times i want to be loud i want to make a statement i want to be bold a little bit trendy and to me that's like the loeves of the world um and then when i think about just like innovation and like stopping you in your tracks like this is one of my favorite designers um iris van herpen and i think when you see her stuff it's like <laughs> yes so i can go from like being very minimal to being in the middle to just like taking your breath away and so yeah i would Ooh. say I'm a, i'm a combination of all three <laughs> i love that i love that for you all right let's go in, into our favorite part which is the culture part which is yes. really important and i feel those conversations are not opening that often when it comes to luxury so if you can think of one artist celebrity i even add influencer because now it's so important content yeah. creator anybody of influence who's really changing the luxury industry right now who's the first person that comes into your mind who's changing the luxury industry i mean the yeah. caribbean girl in me is gonna say my girl rihanna like yeah. <laughs> do you know yes. i think we were all cheering her on when the fenty lvmh deal came out and you know although it hasn't really panned out in the way that we thought it would i think for someone with such style, such influence, and such like grounding in who she is, to me that that's super powerful. Seeing shirt with the word immigrant on the back of it, yes. like, you know, being sold at a Bergdorf or wherever, that that to me is someone who knows where they came from and has like a real vision and a commercial mindset of, around it. Because I think that's also super important and people sometimes forget that Yes, we're in this very dream eliciting industry and it's like all shiny and there's lights in, but you have to keep the lights on at the end of the day, right? So you also have to have the commercial mindset too. So just to see what she's been able to do with Fenty Beauty, um, being successful, even, you know, in the Super Bowl and how she advertised the products in that way. Like, yeah, my that's my girl. I'm proud of her. Um, and I'm proud of her for bringing the culture with her. I mean, going back to the Super Bowl ad, she shot the ad for it in Barbados like there were girls sitting on steps in Barbados like getting their edges laid like they like and first like, that over a lot of heads but like it didn't go over the heads that it it needed to resonate with and uh -huh. 
I we I saw that my friend saw that and we were all like yes like that's yes. Thank so I, think, you. I think anybody who's able to do that on such a large stage a large platform and like bring the culture along with them like they deserve their flowers so amen amen that's true that is true definitely brought me tears to see her on Rihanna Drive just walking and representing the badass that we all inside I love it I love love this yeah. so Good shout out, shout out to you, Robin. Think about us if you have any, you know, opportunities anyway. Literally. <laughs> That's for us. I really want to talk about e-commerce as well because I know that yes. something you're passionate about. I saw recently a partnership between the Folklore. I'm sure you're aware of this uh, e-commerce platform. We really shout out and highlight the gorgeous mm -hmm. African brands that you have in the continent. And the Nordstrom, which is a big retail store for the ones who are not familiar, who are not based in North America, big uh, luxury retail store uh, in North America. They were, they were in the US and Canada, but they're now retracting from Canada. So they really focus on the US. And the big partnership that is saying a lot when it comes to uh, logistical issues that some African brands may have when it comes to uh, selling their products in North America now seems to be resolved thanks to this uh, amazing partnership. What do you think about it? Yeah, first of all, I mean, shout out to Amira. Amira is the founder of Folklore. Mm -hmm. Little fun backstory. In 2020, I think I was reading an article about something. I don't know, I'm always reading about the <laughs> industry. And I came across her name and I reached out to her because I was just like, oh, like, this is really cool what you started and what you're doing. And to see how the business has evolved since then. She joined Techstars and raised over a million in funding. Like, yeah. So, yeah, shout out to Amira real quick. Um, but no, I think. I think it's amazing. Fashion has been heavily influenced by Black people, Black style, Black culture. And we are not really at the gatekeepers of fashion from like a business standpoint. And I think that, you know, it's one thing to credit people for the style, for the ideas, but it's another thing to actually like put money behind the businesses that, you know, they can feel it. And there's so much that needs to happen from a standpoint, especially when you think about brands that exist in Africa or wherever they're being sourced from. But yeah, there's just like a lot of resources that these Friends need you know wholesale distribution is one of them so I think it's amazing I'm excited about companies such as Nordstrom like whoever people that sign the 15% pledge like whatever people who vow yes. to do more but then like three years later are actually doing it so I think I think mm -hmm. that this partnership is a sign that first of all we knew there was like appetite for it but now it's putting money behind it and investing in it and so yeah I, I hope really good things come from them my ultimate dream is that black owned brands have just as much access to distribution distribution and that they can scale just as much as European brands, just as much as brands from non-Black founders. So no, I love it. I love what she's doing. I'm super passionate about brands, particularly on the continent. Every time I'm on the on continent, I go shopping and it is just a shame that I cannot get some of the same stuff here that I can get there. So yeah, right. to Amira, what she's yes, doing. Yes, and she's changing things. So I can't wait to see how it's going to unfold, but I'm very excited as well for this part 
partnership. I'm glad that you saw what she's doing. She's amazing. She's a very nice lady too. So yeah. shout out to her and I hope she continues to give us more and more partnerships to develop those brands when can have access to them. So that's great. All right, we're already coming to our last question. That was a great conversation. Uh, the question I asked all my guests, which is if you could give an advice to Tabria who were just starting up on models at your very beginning of your career, what would it be now that you are where you are now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think two things. Mm -hmm. One, I would say, and I tell everybody this, like, I'm, I don't know, I have faith, I believe in God, whatever you believe in, I feel like you are always like exactly where you need to be. And sometimes it can be frustrating because you think you're supposed to be somewhere else. And it just mm -hmm. like, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't feel right. Like just like having that faith in whatever that you, like things are working for the greater good will really get you through because sometimes I've been in positions where I've been like, why did I take this job? Or like, why am I doing this? But then like now I look back and I'm like, oh, like I needed that experience for this part of what I'm doing now. So I just like, just have faith in the fact that you're exactly where you needed to be. And if you ended up in that space, don't feel like you don't belong there because you are there. So the fact that you're there just means like you have yes. a seat, like fill it up. And then speaking of filling up a seat, I think having a strong point of view about something is super important. And I mean, obviously that point of view should be rooted in fact, be rooted in your expertise. Um, but yeah, having a strong point of view is just super important and sharing that point of view. So if you're in meetings, like speak up, no matter who's in meetings, no matter what, like what level you are, if you're there with and the CEO is there, like just like share what you think, because literally they brought you in to be part of the conversation. Amen. So, yeah. You might not see right now that you have a say because you're just junior and you're like, how am I in this position? Important yeah. Those people are more a senior and they see something in you. So trust them. You, you, know, you never know who's listening. You never know who's watching. Like I've been in buying meetings, for example, and I like share my opinion on something. A week later, my DMM is like, oh, like, yeah, like Sabria mentioned in this meeting, da, 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 da. like you never know who's like yeah. looking on to the words you say. So I'm not saying speak just for the sake of speaking. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying if you have something to share and it is worth sharing and if you're doing your job well and if you're doing the work, like you should have something to share and it, it will be worth saying, like use use that voice, use your voice 100%. I think it, your voice is really powerful and it's powerful in rooms such as that. It's powerful amongst your peers when you're talking about the things that you want to do. And yeah. yeah, I don't, yeah. So I would say like you're where you need to be, but like take up space in that position is like the ultimate <laughs> yeah. takeaway. I, I completely agree. I said definitely in those rooms, in the meeting room, but also on social media right now. The power of social media, we don't even realize. If it wasn't for social media, we would have never met. So honestly, just approach the people that are talking and for them to see you as well, you also have to voice out whatever opinion, you good opinion, actual opinion, <laughs> opinion that you have. No, no, it's so true. And it's so funny because 
is even like your LinkedIn presence, your social media presence, like the things that you put out there, you may or may not know it. Some people are more aware of it, but you're building a brand around yourself in terms of what you're knowledgeable on, what people should reach out to you to talk to you about. And so, yeah, the more you put yourself out there, the more you raise points, the the more you ask questions, the more people hear your voice and say, oh, like that's Sabria. Like she's interested in luxury. She's interested in (laughs) commerce. She has something to say about black owned brands. It brands you in terms of what you want to talk about. And you have the ability to control that through the things that you present to the world. So yeah, like own that for sure. That's true. That's true. Because sometimes your resume might not exactly show what you want to show, but your voice that you have online will complement and all of it together might open doors that you're not even thinking about. So (laughs) love that. Okay. Thank you so much, Sabrina. We talked about your wonderful career. We had your great point of view when it comes to e-commerce and who's influencing the luxury industry and great advice from you at the end when it comes to talking to you younger self and understanding that you are always where you're supposed to be even if it's very frustrating sometimes. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us, inspire our audience, and looking forward to the other episode where we're going to deep more into the MV experience. The Luxury Mic episodes are available every Friday. So thank you so much, the audience, for listening. Everybody has a great day. Thank you for having me.